Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode in the Behavior Bites series. Today, we are talking about screaming. You know, the ear-piercing, earth-shattering scream that seems to never end, or the constant yelling to the point where you feel like you can't get any words in at all. Screaming can be particularly challenging because it's so uncomfortable, and it very quickly makes the situation feel like an emergency. But remember, just because something feels like an emergency doesn't mean it actually is one. That being said, first, let's try and understand the behavior a little bit better. So here are some of the top reasons children will scream. They are experimenting with their voice or the sensations they notice when they make the noise. So this can be things like they experience different inner ear sensations, maybe different sensations inside of their head, in their mouth. There's all kinds of different vibrations. Some kids are more curious about it than others, and some children are more sensitive to it than others. They feel overwhelmed or overstimulated, and they need that cathartic release. Just like when adults feel overwhelmed, that's typically when we're more likely to raise our voice or yell as well. It can be an impulsive reaction to a strong emotion or a need for a quick response from a caregiver. Like, help, this is way too out of my league and I can't handle it and I need help. And there's just immediate overwhelm and signal to the caregiver. The first thing I want you to do is attune to them to figure out Would they be receptive to verbal input or would auditory input just increase their overwhelm? Remember, words are input that can add to the overstimulation. So sometimes words are just adding to that input and it's not helpful. It can just add to the overstimulation. And you know your child best. So my kids are relatively open most of the time to some verbal input to me. But I can tell when they're not and they wouldn't be receptive to it. And actually it may cause like an increase in the situation and it would not help calm the situation. If you think they would be receptive to the verbal input, we want to start by acknowledging their message, not the scream. So that could sound like, whoa, it seems like you need help, didn't like that, need some space, want more. You can just take your best guess at what could have triggered such a big response. 
When we notice and acknowledge their message, we are building their internal self-awareness like, oh, we're giving words to their internal thoughts. Like, oh, I do want more. Think of like how many babies sitting in a high chair will just start screaming when they run out of something they like. They don't yet have the awareness or the verbal ability or have these strong connections yet to be able to put that inner want with the words. And we can help model that by saying, oh, you want more. And then modeling either signing or saying more. So that's like a little baby example. In addition to building self-awareness, we're also modeling a more appropriate way to express themselves other than screaming. And what's great about this is children learn best through experience. So by modeling, we are offering a gentle correction. We're teaching them a skill, a more helpful skill, and we're also validating them at the same time, which is instantly calming to our brain when we feel seen and heard and understood. If you have no idea what's going on, what set your child off, you could say something even more generic like, whoa, that was loud. I hear you and I'm right here. And then pause with open, curious energy and wait for them to give you more feedback. It could be another scream, but maybe they'll point to something. Maybe they'll put something out there, like hand you something. Maybe they'll look at something. All of these subtle signs can give you more clues as to what's going on. Okay, so what about if you feel like any more input would just further dysregulate them? Like you can already tell they're spiraling and you're like, don't want to add to that. (laughs) That would not be helpful. Or maybe you did try to verbally acknowledge because you're like, let me just see what could happen and it escalates, or they just keep screaming. That's a sign we need to go into co-regulation mode. So what does that mean? It means we get quiet. Again, we don't want to add to the overstimulation. We slow down. Because if we go too fast, that can be overwhelming to children. And our fast is like their super speed, because their fast is our slow they are just wired to go at a slower pace through life, slower processing. They look at things more. The pace of childhood is really beautiful unless you have a strict timetable. And then it can be really frustrating for parents. And there's a discrepancy there often. So we want to slow down. We want to create longer pauses between movements, our own movements, maybe physically, literally, back up just a little bit. Give them just a little bit more space to see if that helps. You could also suspend the demands. Maybe you said it's time to clean up or it's time to go. You could take that off the table just for a moment because we're going to prioritize regulation first. We have to before we can move on to the next action, such as cleaning up. Focus on our own regulation. So a dysregulated adult cannot help a dysregulated child. It's just not going to happen, okay? Our brains are wired to regulate with people around us, and we've got to set the tone for that situation. So if you are highly triggered by screaming or by loud noises, we're going to talk about some things you can do, but it's okay to go internal and focus on yourself before you go external assuming everybody is physically safe. 
if your child is willing, you could potentially move them to a quiet, more private space while they do regulate themselves a bit. And once we get to that more regulated space, we want to give them a release in a more helpful way. We want to redirect this need they have. This could be something like music and dancing. Music is very regulating because it has those beats. Dancing is very physical. Laughter. So laughter, that big burst of energy from us is a big cathartic release, just like yelling. And laughter is also connecting. So that's something we talked a lot about last month in our Get Silly Challenge. And we continue to talk a lot about in our core membership is using these playful tension breakers to release the tension through laughter instead of yelling and screaming. If you can get outside and walk around barefoot or look up at the sky, that can be really helpful as well. Physically connecting with your child if they'll allow it. You know, some kids don't want this, but oftentimes children will welcome that physical connection. I particularly love the strategy of hugging until release. So that's when you give the child a hug and you don't let go until they let go. And I actually did this with my almost eight-year-old. Okay, we had a really hard day the other day and he's almost eight. So he's a pretty big kid now. He thinks so. He seems big. (laughs) And I gave him this big hug and I didn't let go. And before he let go, he let out this big sigh. Those big sighs are also cathartic releases for our body. It completes the stress cycle for us. If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working, or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set, if you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. We talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core. It's a month-to-month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on-demand parenting support so you can access it when it's needed and when it's convenient for you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. Another way to physically connect that really resonates in our family is letting your child sit on your lap or offering your lap. That's something I did a lot when they were toddlers and they seemed to just really like that. Other ideas, especially for super physical kids, sprinting, swinging, heavy work. So heavy work is like pushing against your hands, jumping. You could incorporate that into dancing, which I already mentioned. Here's a bonus, a two for one help carrying heavy things. So that gets that heavy input in and it builds connection because when our children feel like they're serving the family, they have a, they are making a meaningful contribution to the family. They have that strong sense of agency, strong sense of belonging, and they're getting that physical input they need. So that could be things like 
moving cans in the kitchen. It could be like carrying bags of something, pushing the laundry basket, delivering laundry, all of those different chores. If you include your child in those things, it can really give you a two for one experience. Okay, so I think the biggest takeaways for screaming are two things. One, the child is signaling overwhelm no differently than adults often do. Often when we feel ignored, unheard, or totally overwhelmed, we resort to yelling. Our kids resort to screaming. And number two, regulation is a huge piece of this. The child's regulation and yours So if noise is a big trigger for you, which is totally understandable, noise-canceling earbuds or headphones can be a lifesaver. Sometimes if I feel that low-simmering dysregulation at the end of the day, like I just, my chest feels tight, I feel kind of frantic and I'm irritable and on edge, and I know we're coming up to that witching hour, you know, when dinner needs to be cooked and the kids are getting squirrely and we're coming up on bedtime and everything's happening at once, I'll pop in those noise-canceling AirPods just to muffle the noise a bit to take the edge off of it. Like I can still hear them, but I'm taking the edge off of it for my own regulation and sanity's sake at this point. Remember, with these behaviors, we don't have to give them power in the moment. What we focus on, we give power to. So if we focus on screaming in the moment, we're giving all of the power to screaming. Instead, we want to focus on what we want and what our child's needs are. And both of those things happen to be regulation. Regulation is the missing skill, and it's what our child needs help with in that moment. Later, you can also verbally address the strategies. You can help your child notice how their body signaled the overwhelm. Did your heart beat really fast? Did you not want to hear any more noises? Did your fist get clenched up? Did your breathing start to get fast? You can even do those things like in the moment if you feel like your child would be receptive to those things. So, whoa, that was loud. Come here. Oh my goodness, your heart is beating so fast. You may need to take a break. Do you want me to go in your room with you? Maybe we could read a book. Okay, that's just an example. That takes practice. And if your child isn't responsive to that in the moment, you can absolutely do it afterwards. Well, there you have it. Another behavior bite. And this one, all about screaming. So if you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing with a friend, share on social media, or leave a rating or review. All of these things help get the message of this podcast to a bigger audience so we can change the world one family at a time. And if this type of information is something you find super helpful, be sure to check out CORE, my membership program where we do weekly Q&As and discussions to help decode our children's behavior and learn helpful ways to respond to them. For more information about the core membership, head to my show notes. And thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful week and get ready for another Behavior Bite coming up next.